Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, you know, I look at New York City, our greatest city. Look, I'm a Philadelphian, but New York City is the greatest city. Or at least it was. And um, the Democrats keep talking about fundamental transformation. They reject the Constitution, except when they think they can use it to destroy it. I look at what's happening to the cops in New York City. It breaks my heart. I look what's happening to the kids in New York City. Oh, we don't have a plan yet. We're not sure if we're going to open the schools or not. You look at the pathetic, disgusting mayor, the pathetic, disgusting city council. I mean, this is, this is right out of Moscow. And Cuomo sits back, he shoots spitballs like he doesn't have any responsibility. The governor has power to even take over the city. Cities belong to the states. Did you know that? Cities belong to the states. The governor is the ultimate authority. And look at him, the putts. But the left keeps talking about fundamental transformation. And I'm starting to think we need to be thinking about fundamental transformation in ways that strengthen liberty, that save our cities, that support our cops and our military. We need to start thinking of fundamental transformation. As of right now, because of our constitutional construct, the federal government has very little say over what takes place in our elementary and middle school and high school classrooms. It has very little say about the hiring practices. It has very little say about community police, that is, policing on our streets. It has very little say about murder and mayhem and rape 
under our constitutional system. It's the states and the cities. Well, the left and the Democrats and the media have been very, very effective at using federalism when it helps undermine the decisions and the policies of an elected Republican president. And then they go back to their Marxist model when they're in control. And they're in control of the cities and they have their Marxist model in full display. How's it working out? Mark, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this. If they're going to destroy our society, if they're going to destroy our police force, if they're going to destroy law and order and our courts, if they're going to destroy our neighborhoods and our families, if they're going to turn the other cheek while little babies are being shot, if they're going to embrace Black Lives Matter, a Marxist, anarchist, anti-Semitic, anti-American organization, if they're going to turn the other cheek when the military wing of the Democrat Party, Antifa, is hurting people, destroying businesses, then I think we need to have a little bit of fundamental transformation of our own, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe a Republican president, particularly this Republican president, needs more authority to reach into the neighborhoods, to reach into the classrooms, which have been taken over by the left, by the NEA, by the the instrumentalities and surrogates of the Democrat Party anyway, and fix things. As it is now, the president has to ask the mayor, do you need help? No, I'm doing fine destroying our city. I'm doing fine sitting on my fat ass while little kids are being murdered. I'm doing fine. Butt out, dictator, right? And so we need new strategies. And we ought to steal them from the left. The defund movement. Mayors and governors who are not going to protect the people in their cities, who are not going to back our police forces, who are not going to keep criminals in jail, they should be defunded in every other respect. Mayors and governors who are not going to allow little kids in the inner cities to go to better schools, instead they go to the government school that happens to be down the street in a government building, whether they like it or not, maybe they should be defunded. I'm into this defunding movement, since the left gets a hell of a lot more money than the right. And maybe the funds they get should be tied to certain requirements. I am sick and tired of watching the police across this country having to take it in the chin. I am sick and tired of hearing multi-millionaire athletes, multi-millionaire people in Hollywood, tenured Marxist professors, clowns in the media, clowns that run the Democrat Party. I am sick and tired of them trashing us and smiling at us, knowing, oh, they can't do anything anyway. We run the cities. It is time to take it to them. To take it to them. For all the talk about the lawless gun owners. It's not the people who go through the background check, who go to various NRA conventions, who are creating mayhem, who are violent, who are shooting people in the streets. 
which is what the, de- the left and the Democrats and the media want you to believe. The Democrats, as I said yesterday, have no answer to this. This is their party. These are their cities. These are their constituents for the most part, quite frankly. They have no answer. Disarm. Disband the cops. Oh, they just need better training, you see. Better better training. Better training. I've never seen police officers so restrained in my life. While they're getting concussions, while their jaws are broken, while they lose their teeth, while their cruisers are being burned, water being dumped on them. They need to be trained to do what? To do what? It is the left that is systemically racist. It is de Blasio who is systemically anti-Semitic and racist. Because they allow these things to happen in these cities to their own citizens. Now I'll bring it up because nobody else will. What race is de Blasio? Anybody know? He's white. What race is the little puke in Minneapolis? He's white. What race is the puke in L.A.? He's white. What race is the puke in Philadelphia? He's white. You have these white, radical liberals, Democrats, who have used the black vote and the Hispanic vote and other minority votes to gain power. And what do they do? There are more people that have been killed as a result of the Black Lives Matter riots and the Antifa riots and the mostly peaceful protests than more blacks killed. Unarmed blacks, little kids, little babies than the police kill by far across the nation. The left runs our damn schools, and they run them into the ground. They're destroying our police forces across the country, but particularly in our big cities. The NYPD, ladies and gentlemen, we used to call them the great first responders. Where's John Stewart today, Mr. Producer? Where is he? Where is that puke? He's nowhere. Oh, the first responders on 9-11. We need to take care of the first responders. Now we don't even treat them with respect. Did you know that those men and women who ran into those burning towers, the police and the firefighters and the emergency personnel, in the end it turns out, did you know they were white privileged and systemically racist? Did you know that? I just found that out a few months ago. It's time to defund our universities and colleges where we can. Republican state legislatures with Republican governors, get to work. Start defunding them. Stop paying for our own demise. Stop paying for these radical Soviet-style tenured professors to poison our children in the next generation. So they go out on the streets and pull down the statues of abolitionists. I'm sick and tired of paying for this crap. It's time that we show up at school board meetings. I know I was a school board member. And we had a great tax revolt outside of Philadelphia. If you show up 
there's more people, more people than there are teachers, more citizens paying the taxes than there are teachers. We now have the biggest county in Virginia, Fairfax County, where the teachers union says, uh, we're not sending our teachers into the classroom. F you. We don't think it's safe, so we've decided we're not sending them in there. Sure, they like staying at home. Maybe they're doing the Zoom teaching in their pajamas. Maybe not. They're good teachers, but most of them aren't, let's be honest. That's why the NEA doesn't want merit-based pay. So the good and the bad are treated alike. You know, much like a communist regime. The National Education Association has 3 million members, 2 million of which are teachers. The American Federation of Teachers has 800,000 members, most of them in the cities, like New York City. They don't want to go back in the classroom. But they're still getting paid full salary. You see, they didn't suffer through the China virus the way people in the private sector have. Is the House in order yet, Mr. Producer? Are they even in session? I don't believe they are. We're still paying the salaries, contributing to the pensions, and the medical benefits of members of Congress who aren't even in session. They, and they don't plan to be in session because Nancy Pelosi's in control. Eva Perone. I almost said Eva Braun, Mr. Producer. That would have got me in trouble. No, Eva Perone. We'll leave it at that. I believe at some point there's going to be pushback, and it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. We cannot allow our major cities, even though they're controlled by the, politically by the Democrats, even though they control our classrooms and our schools in these cities, even they control every inch of territory in these cities, we cannot allow our great cities like New York City, like Los Angeles, like Chicago, like Philadelphia, to go down the crapper. And we're not going to get any help out of the culture. We're not going to get any help out of basketball players and football players and sports broadcasters for the most part. We're not going to get any help out of scriptwriters and directors and producers who make movies and TV shows. We're not going to get any help out of publishing houses like Simon & Schuster, which are aimed at trying to destroy the President of the United States and affect the outcome of the election. We're not going to get any help from Silicon Valley, Twitter, Google, Facebook, Instagram. We're not going to get any help out of, from any of them. As a matter of fact, we'll get the opposite. And so that's the plan. That's the Levin plan. Defund. Defund. And attach language to any dollars that go into any cities that advance the cause of safety and security for the people who live there and for our police officers. I'm sick and tired of the attacks on our police officers. I am sick and tired of it. No, they're not systemically racist. No, they're not brutal. If you're offended because you were stopped, screw you. I've been offended from teachers, other people who say things to me. So what? So what? 
It's not the same thing as watching these murderous rampages going on in these cities. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The white liberal differs from the white conservative in one way. The liberal is more deceitful and hypocritical than the conservatives. Both want power, but the white liberal has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. That's Malcolm X. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks, tokenism, and false promises of integration and civil rights. And he blamed the black civil rights leaders for selling the black community to the liberals for tokenism. What do you think he'd say today about what's going on in the black communities and how The murder rate has gone through the roof. What do you think Martin Luther King Jr. would say today about what's going on? Now Malcolm X was obviously a Muslim minister with the Nation of Islam. But he warned African Americans about white liberals. He said they were the greatest danger we face. Not the white conservatives. The white liberals. Certainly in some significant respects, he was right. That was December 4th, 1963. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. 
Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I didn't say I'm a fan of Malcolm X. I said what Malcolm X said is a historical fact about white liberals. You know, like the white liberals you see in the news departments in our country. Telling us what blacks think and what blacks need in the inner cities. Or white professional Sports League commissioners and the owners. And I suspect the same could be said about blacks who are extremely wealthy and who have abandoned these communities long ago and have no intention of returning and staying there. I call people like this on the left gentrified leftists. That's what they are. They're not down for any revolution. White, black, or in between. Anyway, here is Malcolm X. Go. The game of power politics here in America. The Negro, namely the race problem, integration, civil rights issues, are all nothing but tools used by the whites who call themselves liberals against another group of whites who call themselves conservatives, either to get into power or to retain power. Among whites here in America, the political teams are no longer divided into Democrats and Republicans. The whites who are now struggling for control of the American political throne are divided into liberal and conservative camps. The white liberals from both parties cross party lines to work together toward the same goal. And white conservatives from both parties do likewise. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks or tokenism, false promises of integration and civil rights. In this game of deceiving and using the American Negro, the white liberals have complete cooperation of the Negro civil rights leaders who sell our people out for a few crumbs of token recognition, token gains, token progress. Now, I agree with about 70% of that. I mean, from a purely cold-blooded political point of view, which is what he's talking about, Republicans gain nothing. Zero. When the black community votes 92 to 95 percent for the black candidate for president of the United States. Or when the black community votes overwhelmingly for Democrat mayors and city council members who then turn on them. But I would go further than, than Malcolm X does in some respects. It's not just the white liberal, it's the black liberal. 
It's the Hispanic liberal. And so forth. Because the left is about cobbling together different people. Identity politics. Not about uniting. Not about assimilation. I use this example almost every night, but I look at LeBron James. LeBron James is setting up and funding, among others, a get-out-the-vote enterprise because he says there's voter oppression and suppression in America. And his goal is to get out as many black voters, African-American voters, as possible for the presidential election. Well, who does LeBron James support in the next presidential election? He's trash-mouthed Donald Trump constantly. So we know it's not Trump. So who does he want these folks to vote for? Biden. Because, you see, LeBron James really doesn't have any skin in the game in the inner cities anymore. I know he's got one school that he that he basically uh, supports in Cleveland and so forth. But the guy's a billionaire. He's not going to move into crime-infested areas where police are attacked. He's not going to do it. And by the way, nobody else is either. Nobody's going to move into crime-infested communities. They move out if they can. The problem is poor people can't. They have no ability to escape. Which is why I find white liberals and black liberals, and all liberals, really are more leftists than anything else, to be so diabolical. They'll tell you, you know, when I was stopped by a cop or I get stopped for no reason, okay, I'm sorry to hear this. Very sorry. But there are people who are living a, a reality that has nothing to do with whether you have a chip on your shoulder, whether the cop had a chip on his shoulder, it's nothing to do with that sort of thing. It's life and death. It's survive or don't survive. It's educate my kids or don't educate my kids. It's not about sensibilities that may have been offended. LeBron James is not down for any revolution. He doesn't live like he's down for any revolution. And he's just another... Loudmouth Democrat who lives one way and preaches another. And he's not alone. Our professional sports are filled with people like this, which is why I've given up on it. I've given up on it. I want nothing to do with it. And then they feel better because they call you a racist. Now they feel morally superior. They feel much better. There's systemic racism. I've put $100 million aside. Let's get on now. So LeBron James and the other athletes in Hollywood and these so-called corporate executives, they're just get-out-the-vote machines for Democrats. That's what they are. So nothing will change in the inner cities. Nothing. Nothing. Now things will change outside the inner cities. They're going to destroy the areas outside the inner cities. They're going to destroy the American dream. 
They're going to destroy American liberty. That's what they plan to do, which is why I began this program by saying we need to fundamentally transform them and what they're doing to our country. They have monopoly control over education. Time to break their backs by defunding many of their activities because what the hell are we getting for it? I would even add a footnote. I would try to extend the antitrust laws to the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers because right now, big unions, particularly public sector unions, are exempt. Are exempt from antitrust laws. Why? Because that's the way the progressives wanted, including Theodore Roosevelt. That's why. So there's some truth. I'm not praising the entire agenda of Malcolm X. Of course not. He was a radical. In some ways, a, a separatist and a segregationist. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is his comments about liberals and white liberals. But it's not just white liberals. It's really all liberals, and it's not even liberals, it's leftists. When I was listening to him, I was thinking of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. You know, there's a man who I don't care for either, who's been in the number three slot in the hierarchy of the Democrat Party in the House for a long time. And he's been a House member for decades. His name's Clyburn. Nasty dude, in my view, but Clyburn, African-American. They will not let him move up to Steny Hoyer's position, and they will not let him be speaker. And the black community delivers 92 to 95 percent of its vote to the Democrat Party. That's crazy. You look in the United States Senate. There are three blacks in the United States Senate. I don't say African-Americans because Kamala Harris, honestly, she's half Indian and half Jamaican. So you have Cory Booker and you have Tim Scott. Three black people in the United States Senate. One Republican, two Democrats. They cannot take the Senate back without an overwhelming vote out of the black community. This is exactly what Malcolm X is talking about. Who's being killed in the inner cities? Black people are killing black people. What's the Democrat Party's answer to this? There is no answer from the Democrat Party except to cut the police. You say you have liberal or leftist Democrats talking to liberal or leftist Democrats of all races. That's why I'm sick and tired of sports. I'm sick and tired of uh, Hollywood. I'm sick and tired of the media. That's not reality. These That's not reality. That's not what's going on in the cities or any other part of the country. That's what's going on in their newsroom. That's what's going on in their homes. That's what's going on on ESPN, on the basketball court. That's not what's going on in real world. And they tweet to each other and they post to each other 
Who can be more down for the revolution than the next? Meanwhile, the communities suffer, the police officers suffer, the society suffers. And so what's the answer? Elect more Democrats, that's the answer. Donald Trump stands between us and the people who hate this country. I've been saying it over and over again. Way back in January, Mr. Producer, cut one, go. And I grow fonder and fonder of this president with every passing day. Don't you, Mr. Producer? As I'm sure many of you do. I walk down the street in my neighborhood, and I come across buddies who voted for Ted Cruz, as I did. And we like Ted, don't get me wrong. And But we say to each other, to a person, boy, do we love this guy. He's not only more solid than we thought he was. He is the only one who can withstand this. He stands between us and them. He stands between us and Bernie Sanders. Us and Elizabeth Warren. Us and Pete Buttigieg. Us and Joe Biden. He's the one. And he's the strongest candidate we could ever have to stand up to them. And I'm live now, and I want you to keep this in mind. As Trump keeps getting trashed, they keep talking about the poll numbers. you think any other Republican would even be close to where he is right now? Which one? Who would it be? Who would it be? There isn't one. Now, I'm not going to collect and play for you all the occasions where I said Trump stands between us and them. But let me give you one more. May 5th, two months ago, cut to go. I must tell you something. As somebody who spent eight years in the Reagan administration, and as a very young man, campaigned for him in 1976 in Pennsylvania when very few others did, and campaigned for him again in 1980, and committed eight years of my young life to his administration, eight of my best years. Donald Trump is a great president. And I say that as a constitutional conservative, and I say that as a capitalist, which is exactly why they're trying to destroy him. If he wasn't a great president, they wouldn't be trying to destroy him, now would they? He is all that stands between us and them, who hate your guts, who will shutter your businesses, throw you out of jobs, steal your private property rights, and turn your constitution inside out. And he's a greater president today than he was two or three months ago when this virus came out. Because he showed his belief in the constitutional system. He showed his belief in the American people. He is all that stands between us and them. And that's why this election is so crucial. The election of 1860, the Civil War election, 1864, the re-election of Abraham Lincoln, and now 2020. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, 
its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, the president of the United States has dared to try and pressure localities and school districts to open their schools. What business is it of his? You know, the president of the United States pressuring governors to open their economies. What business is it of his? What do they mean, what business is it of his? We spend hundreds of billions of dollars on these school systems, federal, state, and local. He's the president of the United States. On the one hand, they say he doesn't do anything. On the other hand, they say he's a dictator. Can't they at least get their propaganda right? And in terms of opening the economy, of course he has to have a suggestion or a directive when it comes to opening the economy. You know, watch the news reports and the way this stuff's reported. Oh, what does he uh, know about uh, education? What does he know? Oh, let's go to Dr. Fauci. He'll have it all figured out for us. Well, this great big pediatric association said open the schools. Oh. Well, then Trump's a white privileged, obviously systemically racist individual. Why? Uh, Just because. When we come back next hour, I want to talk about these books that are timed to hurt the president as much as possible and his wife now. Obviously, I'm not a native New Yorker. But I wish my good friend, and he is a good friend, Rudy Giuliani, great mayor, Mike Bloomberg, the former solid police commissioners, would all get together and start organizing for the next mayoral election, not that they should run, and find a candidate and back a candidate to take the city of New York back. These are great men. They have great things to say on television and radio. But I want to strongly encourage them to become activists. And I'll help them in any way I can. We need to take our city of New York back. It's the biggest city. It's the financial center of the world, or at least it was. And we need to show the left that we can do this. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So basically, if you don't support the radical left agenda, and you're white, you're obviously part of the systemic racism that is America. 
If you're not white, you're a minority, let's say you're black, then you're an Uncle Tom and a sellout. And if you're brown, doesn't matter, you're irrelevant. So they've got it all figured out. Remember mail-in voting? Mail-in voting came up as a result of an agenda that they had in California that has elected an awful lot of Democrats over Republicans in days, if not a week, after the election. So they want to do it again, but nationwide. So the China virus gave them the perfect opportunity. It's a health issue, you see, not a Democrat power grab issue. Now all of a sudden it's been moved into the post-George Floyd death as a civil rights issue. And if you don't support it, according to LeBron James, then you're oppressing and suppressing. These are idiots. The whole thing is a pathetic string of lies and spin. All right, so we had the Bolton book, which did not sell 750,000 copies. According to Nielsen, it sold 221,000 copies. What Simon & Schuster did, it was adding in all kinds of sales and books that weren't delivered yet to jack up the number. See, I've been doing this a long time. Now the niece, Donald Trump's niece, had a big payday as a result of the same publisher, Simon & Schuster. And her book's coming out. She's got all tell-on. And the media running with it. This is what we call pseudo-news, pseudo-events, or the president fake news. I don't know how many more books we're going to have, but the, the media love them. The media working with the publishers. And now there's going to be a third book. Even before the second book comes out, this is the Washington Examiner. A former advisor to First Lady Melania Trump will be releasing a new book detailing her experience working with the president's wife. Stephanie Winston Walcoff's Melania and Me is set for release on September 1. You see, all right before the election. By publisher Simon & Schuster under the imprint Gallery Books, Vanity Fair reported Monday. The two were friends for 15 years before Walkoff helped plan the inauguration and work for Trump in the East Wing. Quote, people with knowledge of the project say the content of the book is largely negative and that the manuscript heavily trashes the first lady, according to the Daily Beast. So they leaked to a leftist operation, which noted the book is expected to be a revealing and explosive portrayal of the relationship between the two women and will include observations of the most chaotic White House in history. Now, you know damn well no publisher would do this to a Democrat president. You had to wait decades after John Kennedy's assassination for books to come out about what he was doing with interns, East German spies, the IRS, the FBI, and on and on and on. None of that in the Trump White House, and yet we get these quote-unquote scandal books. You know, the amazing thing is when you, if you really step back, you understand history and clear your mind, put the static out and think about this. Trump has run the most moral and lawful administration in many years. And the left think this is funny when I say this. It's not funny. It's the truth. But they're so filled with hate and they're so indoctrinated they can't control it. They can't control it. And so that'll be three books right before the election by the same publisher. 
by the same publisher. That's owned by CBS, as I recall. Boy, they've taken a turn. They've taken a radical turn over there at Simon & Schuster. It's my damn publisher. I'm stuck. Stuck. Now, this is interesting. I wanted to point this out to you, too, and relevant. Harpers.org, which almost none of us read. A letter on justice and open debate. And so here is a letter that will appear in the magazine's October issue. But they wanted to put it out early. And it is signed by a whole host of leftists who are in academia, who are lawyers, who are authors, who are columnists, you know, leftists. But I want you to listen to this. And they write, our cultural institutions are facing a moment of trial. Oh, you don't say. Powerful protests for racial and social justice are leading to overdue demands for police reform, along with wider calls for greater equality and inclusion across our society, not the least in higher education, journalism, philanthropy, and the arts. Are you kidding me? They own higher education, journalism, philanthropy, and the arts. But this is how sick they are. Let's go on. But this needed reckoning has also intensified a new set of moral attitudes and political commitments that tend to weaken our norms of open debate and toleration of differences in favor of ideological conformity. I wonder if they read the first chapter of Emeritopia, Mr. Producer. I assure you they have not. But that's years ago. As we applaud the first development, we also rate our voices against the second. The forces of illiberalism are gaining strength throughout the world and have a powerful ally in Donald Trump. Now, you knew it had to be about Donald Trump, right? Who represents a real threat to democracy. And how, exactly? How? But resistance must not be allowed to harden into its own brand of dogma or coercion which right-wing Democrats are already exploiting. I have no idea what they're talking about, and neither do they, but they have to say this. The democratic inclusion we want can be achieved only if we speak out against the intolerant climate that is set in all sides. Ladies and gentlemen, the intolerant climate is exclusively on the left. Among conservatives, there is no intolerant climate, We want debate. We want to discuss ideas. You know, we used to have this with the old liberals. I don't mean age-wise. I mean philosophically-wise. With the old liberals, but with the radical, hardcore left. You cannot. Now, as I read on, I want you to keep something in mind. These are the very people who have created the monsters that they are complaining about now. They have created the monsters in the environment that they are complaining about now. With the woke people or groups. The free exchange of information and ideas, the lifeblood of a liberal society, is daily becoming more constricted. While we've come to expect this on the radical right, censoriousness is also spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views 
a vogue for public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues in a blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of robust and even caustic counter-speech from all quarters. But it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. Now, where is this coming from? Exclusively, only the left. Since you and I control nothing, we can't have people kicked out of colleges and universities, thrown off at television networks and so forth. We have no power. They control the culture. They say more troubling still, institutional leaders in a spirit of panic damage control are delivering hasty and disproportionate punishments instead of considered reforms. Editors are fired for running controversial pieces. Books are withdrawn for alleged inauthenticity. Journalists are barred from writing on certain topics. Professors are investigated for quoting works of literature in class. A researcher is fired for circulating a peer-reviewed academic study. And the heads of organizations are ousted for what are sometimes just clumsy mistakes. See, they're concerned now that the mob that they created, the monsters they created, are going to turn on them. This is what's going on. This is their attempt at self-defense. Everything was fine up until about a week ago. Whatever the arguments around each particular incident, the result has been to steadily narrow the boundaries of what can be said without the threat of reprisal. We're already paying the price and greater risk aversion among writers, artists, and journalists who fear for their livelihoods if they depart from the consensus or even lack sufficient zeal in agreement. This stifling atmosphere will ultimately harm the most vital cause of our time, the restriction of debate, whether by a repressive government or an intolerant society, invariably hurts those who lack power and makes everyone less capable of democratic participation. Now, we have said these things. The way to defeat bad ideas is by exposure, argument, and persuasion, not by trying to silence or wish them away. We refuse any false choice between justice and freedom, which cannot exist without each other. As writers, We need a culture that leaves us room for experimentation, risk-taking, and even mistakes. We need to preserve the possibility of good-faith disagreement without dire professional consequences. If we won't defend the very thing on which our work depends, we shouldn't expect the public or the state to defend it for us. Where have you, you asshats, been for the last several years when conservatives are chased off of college campuses? Where have you been? Where have you been by watching CNN and MSNBC and reading crap newspapers? Where have you been? Only now. Because the mob you helped create is turning on you. We have professors from Bard College and Yale, Rutgers, Washington University, the New School, Stanford Law School, Columbia, Harvard, Princeton, Rutgers, I said, NYU. The Nation magazine, Dartmouth College, Manhattan Institute, the Arab Gulf States Institute, whatever the hell that is, the Renew Democracy Initiative, Northwestern University, Centers for Health Ethics and Social Policy, with historians and authors, writers, thinkers, whatever that means. We have Wynton Marsalis, jazz at the Lincoln Center. 
Dahlia Lithwick, who is a moron of the first class, over at the ultra-left-wing slate. People from the University of Illinois, New York Magazine. Where else? The New America Foundation, University of Wisconsin. Smith College, New York University. The Brookings Institution. Howard University. Middlebury College. With people at the New York Law School. Fordham University, University of South Alabama. Reed College, wherever the hell that is. Many, many others. Just scores of hardcore left-wingers. We have Salman Rushdie. Remember him, Mr. Producer? Oh, yes, all Salmon's there. It's like, his name is pronounced Salmon. When you're talking about the fish, it's pronounced Salmon. Just, just to remind you. We have the uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All kinds of people are very concerned. MIT. Did I mention MIT? I don't think I did. We have poets and historians. All kinds of people. Mostly white, I might add. But that's beside the point, isn't it? They're concerned now that the brainwashing that they were involved in, that the ideology that they advanced, is going to devour them. Much like Trotsky, who was chased down by Stalin. Oh, yes. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the Marxists, call them what you may, I'll call them what they are in many cases, the Marxists, the first thing they do when they take power is kill off all their competitors. Mao, Castro, Stalin, Mugabe. That's what they do. And so they're very afraid now for their tenured positions or their reputations, or that they're going to get somehow the scarlet letter painted on their foreheads by the mob that they created. The mob that they created. Professors from Yale. When we know that name is associated with a slaveholder. Professors from Princeton. When we know the Woodrow Wilson Center is named after a segregationist. Oh, no, no, they're coming for us now. What shall we do? What shall we do? Publish a letter, I guess. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. 
Representative Ilhan Omar in Minnesota today. Cut five, go. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when a nation does not assimilate, and I'm serious, its immigrants into the culture, which has been a problem for many decades now. When you come into the United States, you're supposed to have allegiance to the United States. That is the whole purpose of immigration. Representative Ilian Omar hates this country. She has said god-awful things about this country. She brings a hatred for Jews with her anti-Semitism. They praise her as one of the new voices in the Democrat Party. But no nation can survive when people come into this country who hate it. No, I'm not arguing she should be deported. How would you do that? I'm not arguing she should be removed. How would you do that? What I'm arguing for is, even in the recent past, no administration would tolerate the importation of individuals who have as their purpose to destroy the very country to which they have come. In immigration, there needs to be assimilation and allegiance to the country. You can argue over issues, but she's talking about dismantling the whole system, quote-unquote, of oppression wherever we find it. Not just criminal justice. And she has said other things that are heretical, in my view. Now, I know I'll come under attack for this. I don't much care. I want immigrants in this country. I want even more immigrants in this country. But they need to love the country. They need to love what the country offers and contribute to the country. Not this growing fifth column within the country that's destroying our nation from within. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. The best governor in the country is Ron DeSantis of Florida, and I mean by far. He's ordered that all schools will be open in the fall. 
You want to know why he's done that, Mr. Producer? Because he's looked at the data. And he sees that elementary, middle school, and high school students don't even show up statistically on the mortality charts. Of course, there's a case here and there, depending on the situation. But clearly, from a risk-benefit factor, there's simply no doubt about it. That's what the data show, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the data show. Now, schools are supposed to be for the kids, right? And there's ways this can be done with distancing, with masks, with hand sanitizer, and the schools will have all these things, as he's pointed out. If an individual is sick or what have you, and then they can be relieved of their duties. But you can't continue to shut down entire school systems. This is, this is going to have an effect on these children for, for decades and decades to come when most of us are dead and gone. That's why this pediatric association, the biggest one in the country as I understand it, has said open the schools and there's ways to do it. And if additional funding is needed to make sure uh, the environment is such that it, they're addressing the, the potential issues related to the virus, then do it. But then you have unions like the union in Fairfax County, Virginia, that said, no, our our teachers aren't going back to work. Then you shouldn't get paid. Then you shouldn't get paid. But the, of course, the people that run the government in these counties, they're just too weak. They're just too weak. They're too busy fighting regular Americans who want to open their businesses, who want jobs, who create the wealth in this private sector to pay all the taxes for all these public sector union employees. They don't matter. But you've got to give DeSantis credit. Not only is he following the data, not only is he concerned about the, the welfare of the young people in his state, but he's not hiding behind anything. He's not hiding behind anything. They keep talking about a surge of coronavirus cases. What they do not talk about is a surge of, of deaths. And Fauci's out there now contradicting the President of the United States by saying he believes that's a, a wrong narrative, a wrong test to be following, that is the death rate. This guy's all over the map. If you actually followed him from his various iterations about no masks, yes masks, always masks, don't open any of the economy, stay home and all the rest of us, uh, we would uh, we'd be a dead country in every respect. A dead country. 50 years as a bureaucrat. Almost 37 years in his current position. And they had no damn tests. It was Trump who got the test done. No damn ventilators. Trump who got the ventilators. And yet Fauci is celebrated. Why? Because it's a way to attack Trump. Joe Biden's in government 412 years. No ventilators, no tests. But don't worry, he would have done everything differently. He would have been better than Trump. How do we know? Because he says so. And so it's hard to swim against the tide right now. It's very, very difficult. And DeSantis is doing it, as they say. He's looking at the data. 
He'll take hits in his poll numbers, but he's trying to do the right thing regardless. And by the way, during the break, I was watching a segment on the, how the president is uh, supposedly behind, and maybe so, in virtually every battleground state, by 4%, 9%, 6%, 2%. And I started to think, Mr. Producer, this is a president that's had to deal with a pandemic. At its peak, 40 million people seeking unemployment compensation. 40 million newly seeking unemployment compensation. With unemployment that hit 15%, now it's dropping like a lead balloon and dropping quickly, but nonetheless, at its peak. Tens of thousands of shuttered businesses. And then he has to deal with Democrats running cities into the ground and standing by while they're Their base is burning down buildings and attacking people. And I'm thinking to myself, he's only 4% behind in Florida? He's only 7% behind in Pennsylvania? You get my point, Mr. Producer? I mean, any other Republican, any other one, name any other one, they'd be down by uh, God knows how much. God knows how much. Because he was on a glide path to re-election until these things took place. And that's why they try and blame him for events that are completely out of his control. The China virus, where they attacked Trump and not Xi. The rioting, where they attacked Trump and not the, the Democrats who run these cities. And not the hoodlums who are doing the rioting, of course. It's Trump. It's appalling. But don't give up. Debt often climbs because people don't pay attention to it. You might be guilty of this in your own life. And from time to time, we all have. You know, you'll talk about uh, credit card rates. Credit card rates, most of them are well into the double digits even now. Did you know there are credit cards out there that have an interest rate of 16%? How's that possible? Better yet, what kind of percentage are you paying? Even if it's less than that, it's still likely in the double digits, and that's just as bad. So why not take 10 minutes out of your day and speak to American Financing? See if you can refinance that debt into your mortgage at a much, much lower rate. I mean, if you're paying 16% on your credit card and you get your mortgage rate down to 3.5% or whatever, I mean, you're saving a lot of money. It can mean $1,000 or more in monthly savings. Over $10,000 a year, potentially. And you don't even have to start your mortgage term over. Meaning you're not paying interest on years you don't need to, that you've already paid on. You really owe it to yourself and your family, particularly in this economy, to get a free mortgage review from American Financing. They're a family-owned company. No games, no tricks. Mr. Producer has used them. He's been very happy with them. My daughter has used them. She's been very happy with them. See just how much money you can save. Call 888-900-1828. That's their number. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Protesters in Brooklyn, New York, part of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, And they have joined with a group that calls themselves, Mr. Producer, Palestinian Lives Matter. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute, isn't that part of systemic white racism? No, no, no. Can't do that. Can't be Jewish lives matter, Palestinian lives matter, white lives No, 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 no. Can't do that, but they did it. Because what they really mean is only left-wing lives matter. That's what they really mean. And I've been warning people about this. That this is really a hate America, hate Israel, hate Jews. It's what it is. That's what the movement is. Cut four, Mr. Producer, go. Now stop, now think about that. Korea will be one again, meaning North Korea will take over South Korea. Meaning the Palestinians will take Israel over. This is what they're saying. Go ahead. The police that are around us are not our friends. You should not speak to them. They are our enemy. They are an impediment to liberation of Palestine. When I saw that precinct burn, I thought I was closer to Palestine. When I see an NYPD cop car burn, I say we're waking up revolutionary culture. They know we will free Palestine. I don't know what one has to do with the other. But you can see the miscreants and malcontents and thugs, reprobates, punks and pukes who've joined together. And who do you think they're voting for? They're voting for Biden. Who do you think they voted for in the Democrat primary? They voted for Bernie Sanders. They voted for Bernie Sanders. These are Bernie Sanders people. That's who they are. They're Bernie's Bolsheviks. Now they're moving over to be Biden's Bolsheviks. That's who they are. They're violent They're insane. They hate you. They hate this country. And that letter I read to you at the top of this hour by these hardcore leftists out of universities and other walks of life, they're at least smart enough to see what they've created. They're at least smart enough to see the the danger they've created, the monster regime or the monster ideology that they've created, that it's It now has the potential to devour them, as it'll devour others. You can't give aid and comfort to a violent mob. You can't give cover to a violent mob. You would have thought CNN would have realized this. Don Lemon, reprobate, and the others. When the mob in Atlanta... Sought to burn down CNN headquarters. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They're just... They're not stubborn. They're just too stupid to know. Too ideologically caught up in the game. 
over there at CNN, the Constipated News Network. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You see where Disney has now uh, partnered with Colin uh, Kaepernick, Mr. Producer? The poison just keeps spreading. It just keeps spreading. On a recent episode of Levin TV, I talked about some horrific shootings in our major cities, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Saw a beautiful three-year-old boy was shot dead while his dad was driving the car. He was in the back. We talked about the fact that Joe Biden hasn't even talked about any of this. Neither of the leading Democrats in Congress. The Democrats don't have anything to say, which is so immoral, so appalling, really even shocking. Because they don't want to offend their Democrat mayors and city councils, and their base. Isn't that sickening? Instead, they continue to glorify the destruction of this country. They're silent or even celebrate the destruction of national monuments and statues, giving platforms to the Marxist leaders, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and others. And if you dare say, stop, you said, what, do you support the Confederacy? I mean, what kind of Mickey Mouse logic is that? It is they, more than anybody else, who is fighting integration and supporting some form of separatism or segregation. Just listen to them on the left. At Levin TV, I promise to keep giving you the truth by digging into the stories that matter from a conservative and constitutional perspective. Good information is more important and harder to come by than ever before today. And the only way we're able to continue with these programs is your direct participation. Those of you who are motivated to do so, if you haven't subscribed to Levin TV on the Blaze TV network, please consider doing it now. There really has never been a better time. It's so easy to access. You can watch any program you choose on just about any device, anytime, anywhere. We have a great network of hosts. A great network of hosts. You're going to find it very entertaining. Matter of fact, I bet you will stop watching cable and network TV. Stop watching satellite TV once you get. Once you get Blaze TV and watch Levin TV. You'll also save $10 on your annual subscription when you enter promo code Levin. So that's LevinTV.com, promo code Levin. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N. Particularly based on what's going on now, and given we're only four months from the election, this is the perfect time to jump in with so many of the rest of us for a national town hall meeting. Let me take some calls here. Jim, Basking Ridge, New Jersey, the great W-A-B-C. Go right ahead, Jim. Yes, uh, what a pleasure and an honor to speak to you, Mr. Levin. Thank you, Jim. This is the second time in my life I ever called the radio show. 
And I believe that you're one of the poor reviewers of our time that are trying to wake up America to what's happening to us. Well, thank you. And I've been, my family's been living in New York City for 150 years. Wow. I, and I believe that there's probably maybe a third or fourth cousin might be living there. I moved out there. <clears throat> I moved out of New York City mm. in 1982 to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't believe what's happening to that great city. No. This mayor is an absolute dedicated Marxist and communist and tearing this city apart. And uh, you, know, you know, this is a very important point you make. He is he is a Marxist. Uh, he was uh, all in support of the Ortega regime in uh, Nicaragua. Uh, and he's destroying the the city from within. So where the hell is the governor? From All mayor. talk. All talk the governor. Where is he? You know, he can step in, but he won't. My family has served in every war since the Civil War for my great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. And my family has served. And up, up to today, we we have some couple of cousins that are fighting Afghanistan. <clears throat> My great grandfather fought in the Civil War with the Northern Army, at the, with the 129th Regiment. My father and his six brothers served. I and my five brothers served, and uh, it's just—I don't know. It just—it it angers me so much. And uh, and uh, and for the past couple of months, a lot of words that come across my mind. It's saying, when good men. And good woman stand by and do nothing, evil triumphs. Mm. I've heard that before. Got the and I think it was Lord Acton. And this and this president I've been around sixteen presidential elections. Mm-hmm. And I've never saw or heard the vile, the mm-hmm. filth, the cursing of a against President Trump, seven days a week. I know. It is, it is, it's horrendous. Absolutely. I want to thank you and your, your patriotic family. God bless each and every one of you, Jim. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So we discussed early in the program that the uh, NEA and the AFT do not want the schools to open. 
And I have enormous distrust for both of those massive unions because they're basically an army of poll workers for the Democrats. That's what they are. They create these PACs. They give enormous amounts of funds. You know, Landmark Legal Foundation had filed a number of complaints with the IRS against the NEA and uncovered an enormous amount of hanky-panky that went on there. But they are in bed not just with the Democrat Party, but the radical elements of the Democrat Party. And so the president's right. When uh, they want to fight normalcy, they want to fight the ability of little kids to go back to school. The governor of Florida is right. The data just doesn't support keeping these schools closed. It doesn't support it. And we're paying teachers. You say, we don't pay them a lot. Yes, we do. In the big scheme of things. I mean, they're not making LeBron James money. Should we cut their salaries if they're going to be teaching uh, over the internet? No. But if you run a private institution, you could lose your job, you could lose your business, you can lose everything. That's what I meant when I talked earlier about government shutdowns. Wow, the whole world's going to hell. You want to open the private sector? Wow, you can't do that. You can't do that. Now, have most of you been to a big supermarket lately? Have you been to one lately, Mr. Producer, or your wife? Do you see other human beings there? They wear masks, right? Some of them should have been wearing masks before the uh, coronavirus, but that's a whole other story. But they're wearing masks. They're going through the vegetable area and the fruit area, and they're going through the meat area and the wine area and the water and the this and the pharmaceutical, blah, 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 blah. They're spending time there. And when you're walking around these places, you can't exactly stay six feet apart from everybody, can you? No. And you have people in there who are constantly fondling the fruit. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? Is this ripe? And they squeeze it and stick their thumb through the damn apple or whatever they're doing. They're, they're fondling it. They, they pick up the bananas. They put it out too green, too yellow. The, the, and they're going through everything and... Who the hell knows what, what's going on there? But you have your hand sanitizer, you have your wet ones to wipe the cart, uh, you have your mask. Some people wear their surgeon gloves as they go through and fondle the fruit. And yet a school is even a more controlled situation. You can't, as a kid, just get up and walk around and touch things and so forth. It's a more controlled situation. And I've talked about this for months. You have people who are earning minimum wage or slightly more, who are stocking the shelves day in and day out, all day long, without complaint. And it's interesting. You're not seeing a, a rash of coronavirus deaths from the people who are stocking the shelves, who are unloading the trucks. I go there, I see the same people every time. We haven't lost a single one. So if you're running, say, an elementary school, you have control over the classroom. You have control over what takes place in the classroom. In addition to the data that shows that little kids are not in danger. I'm sorry. I know we get these, these news reports every now and then. But as a statistical matter, little kids are not in danger. And by the way, all day long, I keep pointing this out now, week after week, the last month. 
actually for months, but especially the last, the last several weeks where they're going on and on about the number of coronavirus cases going up and up and up. How many times have I said they won't look at the mortality rate? They won't give you the mortality rate, which is minuscule because more and more young people are getting this. Why? Because now that they're not staying at home anymore, they're going out. Some of them are rioters. Some of them are protesters. Some of them are normal. And they don't riot and protest. They just want to have a good time. And so they get the virus. This was all predictable. The Fouch, of course, would deny it. Everybody uh, needs to hunker at home forevermore, continue to pay my salary and my benefits and contribute to my pension. Meanwhile, I'll continue to appear on every possible uh, media platform, including, uh, you know, sonograms and airport radar. I'm, uh, I'm available for bar mitzvahs. I'm available for weddings. I'm uh, wherever you need me. I'll be there. I'll explain everything. You got to wear masks. You got to wear gloves. Preferably a burqa, whatever, whatever you can scrounge up there. And don't ever leave your home. Stay in the, stay in the uh, closet or the attic, the basement. Just stay home. Don't do anything. Your children... Have them uh, teach themselves. It's a, it's a very entertaining way uh, to, uh, to uh, whatever. So there you have it. No schooling. Uh, no, no economy. Ignore the mortality rate. Just do what I say. He's almost becoming an idiot, to be perfectly honest with you. What did you say? He's almost becoming an idiot. It's just the way it is. Let's take some calls, shall we? I haven't taken a lot of calls in the last month, have I, Mr. Producer? There's so much sabotage taking place, I have to address it, you know? Let us go to Jerry, Monroe, Louisiana. On the, well, how can he be in Louisiana? Are you listening on WABC online? Is that it? Oh, I'm sorry, Monroe, New Jersey. I knew something was wrong there. Yes, Jerry, how are you, sir? I am good. I do, you know, I like the last caller. Second time I called the talk radio show, you and I spoke prior to when Trump was still um, in the primaries, and what I liked about him, he was a, not a politician. But anyway, what I'm calling about today is I went to, we got our voting, we got our ballots in the mail, which no way am I going to participate with that. So, You're New Jersey, you got your ballots in the mail, all right? In the mail. So my wife told hers out. She said, oh, well, the poll's open. So I'm going to go to the poll and cast my vote. So I go in. I go to my table for my letter of my last name. And the lady opens up the book to find my name. Okay, instead of signing it, she puts a check mark next to my name. All right, it's a little strange. Then she gives me my ballot, which we all got with the candidates on it, who you're going to vote for, and an application for a provisional ballot to fill out with my name, my... All right. I, I, okay. We got it. Keep going. Okay. So, now, uh, my vote, there's no machines there. I go to a table, and I'm looking at this, looking at this. My vote's supposed to, I'm, I'm not, no one's supposed to see who I'm voting for. But a provisional ballot, when I look at Wiki, uh, Wiki uh, I'm sorry. Jerry, where are we going with this? Yeah, right, 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 no, I'm saying is, they. in other words, they... Are not unless you go vote by mail, you're not voting because provisional ballot is for those people that don't have. If you look at the definition, if you don't have ID, did you vote today or not? No, I didn't. I ripped it up and walked out. 
All right, thanks for your call. I have no idea. Do you, Mr. Callsgrave, I don't know what he's talking about. The mail-in, he voted, he voted, he ripped it up, he didn't go. They might know who I voted for. I have no idea what, what went on there for two minutes. No offense, Jerry, but I, I don't get it. Shall we continue? I think we shall. Brian, Baltimore, Maryland, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, how are you, buddy? Okay, thank you, sir. It's been a long time, and we are way far past when I saw you and Riccioli in uh, March in New Jersey. We've gone so far down the tyranny. Man, that was our last time that we were out in public like that. But Yep, but I do want to let you know, Mark, I was in Gettysburg this Saturday uh, with about tens of thousands of patriots protecting our monuments protecting our heritage, protecting our history. And Good. I want, I want to say to all the Levinites out there who may or may not be on the fence, who aren't sure about what one person can do, what ten people can do, whatever, stand up. Because all these communist Antifa people, these scumbags who are trying to destroy our way of life and destroy the greatest country to ever exist on the face of the earth, they are outnumbered. And when we stand up, they do not come. There was not hide nor hair of any of them out there. Now, you said there were thousands of uh, patriots there? Mark, I'd give it tens of thousands, quite honestly. There were bikers. There were former military. There were uh, obviously the police were there, federal police, state police, uh, local police, county sheriffs. Um, you know, a ton of firemen were there, you know, like me, and a ton of just patriots who are tired and sick and tired fed up with everything that's going on and we stood our ground we marked our territory we protected the monuments and nobody came around to challenge anything mm-hmm. good and if people and if people stand up and they say you know what we've had enough of this obviously a lot of the nonsense is going on in these democrat run cities but if people the good people stand up and say that's it we've had enough we outnumber them. I am now. You're you're from Baltimore originally. Do you do you know if people are lining up to move into Baltimore? Nobody's lining up to move into Baltimore because it's a are people lining up now to move into New York? Not at all. Are they lining up to move into Minneapolis? Not at all. Are they lining up to move into any Democrat-controlled metropolitan area whatsoever? Nowhere, because that's no. where all the chaos is. But where you, if you love freedom, you love liberty, you love law and order, you live where there is no Democrat nonsense. <laughs> all right, Brian. Brian is the firefighter, or was, in Baltimore, and uh, we want to thank you, sir. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to leak it to Politico or any third party to leak it to the media, but I'll break it to you here first. I've decided to run for Secretary General of the United Nations. We're working on that now as I speak, aren't we, Mr. Producer? Secretary General of the United States. Now, I know I have two two obstacles I have to overcome. Number one, I'm American. Number two, I'm Jewish. You know, they don't take lightly to Jews in the UN. But still, I think it's worth a shot. So I'm going, to, I'm going to make a run at Secretary General of the United Nations. We'll work out all the details later, of course. But I think we can, we can make some great changes there, don't you, Mr. Producer? I've got a number of ideas. A number of ideas. And so... I wanted you to know that I, rather than have uh, Republican consultants and other observers comment on the potentiality of me being the UN Secretary General or running for that position, uh, I just thought it was important to tell you directly. I don't know if it'll work out. I don't know how, you know, the lawyers are reviewing all the requirements as I speak. We'll see how it goes. No, I'm not running for Secretary General of the United Nations. You know, we have radio hosts and TV hosts and people are going to, you're attacking, I'm not attacking anybody. It's just funny. It's funny. I say they should all run. See what happens. (laughs) I'm hoping we have a second Donald Trump term, and I'm going to do everything humanly possible behind this microphone, behind the television cameras, and in every way I know how, so that we can accomplish this together. Because as I've been saying over and over and over again, he stands between us and them. That is the radical left that wants to destroy America. We used to call it uh, the Democrat Party. That's what it is. Now, after he's finished his second term, I can see a lot of really good candidates out there, Mr. Producer. It's early yet. Of course, we have the vice president, Mike Pence. We have our Florida governor, who's so outstanding, Ron DeSantis. We have a man I've come to know and admire deeply, Senator Tom Cotton. And there are a few others out there. After the president serves his second term, God willing. So we'll see how things go. Now for our Democrat, I'd be saying we need to have people of color. We need to have people of different faiths. We need to have this. We need to have that. We wouldn't be talking necessarily about leaders. We'd be talking about identity politics. 
And the amazing thing about the Democrat Party, when it comes to identity politics, they pick the oldest or the second oldest, most white guy in the race. Okay, we'll vote for you. Says Charlemagne the God, is that what he's called? Is that his name? Says Charlemagne, by the way, I'm Mark Levin the God, not G-O-D, but whatever it is. G-O-H-D? I don't know. Or just call me the great one. But that said, look, we know he's white, we know he's old, we know he's quasi with us. So the VP candidate is very, very important. Have you ever gone into a presidential election with a candidate himself and his party are telling you he's going to serve one term, that's all he's capable of, he's not capable of anymore, so the choice for vice president is absolutely crucial. Okay, pick a great leader, and no, a woman of color. Are you saying there aren't great leaders? No, but why would you limit it? You didn't limit it when it came to Biden. There's no greater potential leader than Kamala Harris. We all know that. Or the former chief of police in Orlando. What's her name? I don't even remember it. Oh, yeah. But they, I doubt they'll pick her. Maybe they will. Because anybody who's been police chief doesn't matter if they've been liberal sellouts. Doesn't matter. But maybe they'll, they'll do a uh, sort of a uh, psychological move. They'll say, we'll pick her. She's a leftist. But she's a police chief. So... We can play both sides of the tracks here. We can play on the one hand, you know, we hate the cops and defund them. On the other hand, look at this. I'm running with a former police chief. But just remember, the number one qualification for whomever Biden's running mate is, is genitalia and skin color. That's it. Genitalia and skin color. Yes. And because it's so crucial who this pick is, that we're going to focus on genitalia and skin color. Even though Biden, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've talked to you about this before. The 25th Amendment talks about incapacitation while in office. We've never had a situation where we vote for somebody who's potentially president of the United States, God forbid, who's mentally incapacitated going into office. Maybe we need another amendment to the Constitution that no party shall nominate an individual for the presidency of the United States who is mentally incapacitated. You know, everybody thought this would be common sense. Everybody thought the Democrats were smart enough, at least the voters, not to, but apparently they're not. And Bernie's Bolsheviks are going to be Biden's Bolsheviks. Oh, my goodness. What a uh, circle mess we are in here, Mr. Producer. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us. 
we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. This Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, we have a fantastic guest for the entire hour. You may have heard of him, Dr. Thomas Sowell, who just turned 90. You heard him on this radio program, but what a great man. In a time like this, I feel we need to hear from Dr. Saul. What you will have noticed over the last several programs on my Fox show is that I'm introducing the country or reintroducing the country, reminding the country about some of the truly great African-American scholars and thinkers and activists. And I've been doing that show after show for some period of time now because I think it's incredibly important and inspiring to a lot of people but uh, Dr. Saul is uh, one of a kind like Dr. Walter Williams is one of a kind these are these are gems these are giants Uh, and so it was very important I feel felt to have Dr. Saul on the program And he will be on this Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, uh, for the full hour. Now, I'm going to encourage Fox to have a new Chiron under my show, Mr. Producer. I don't think they'll do it, though. The highest-rated Sunday primetime show in cable news. You think we should do that? No, I don't think so. But that's all because of you folks. You like the interview style, you like the program style, you like the format, the long-form interview where we have one or two guests and we talk at some length with them about areas of knowledge that they have because I think you want to hear from them. And that's demonstrated to be absolutely true. It's the kind of television I watched as a kid, whether it was uh, Firing a Line with Bill Buckley or when PBS wasn't some left-wing government-funded operation where you had, uh, for instance, Free to Choose with Milton Friedman. Even some of the, the moderators who were liberal did a far better job than what you see today. Susskind and others. And I thought to myself, when Fox asked me to do a show, I thought to myself, let me do that format. Because I feel we've gotten away from that. Anyway, I just shot a great video with Brent Bozell from the Media Research Center and a group of American patriots. Have you seen it? I want you to go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, and we have it posted there. It's a response to the mob that's trying to destroy our country. So again, and you can also go to mrclevin.org, mrclevin.org directly if you want to see it as well. And I'm going to strongly encourage you to take a look. 
The only way to save our beautiful country is for conservatives and patriots to band together and push back. So I'm very pleased Brent organized the video effort. I hope it motivates people to get engaged and fight for our country. And one of the people on that video is Charlie Daniels. And so he must have taped his, his role in the video one or two days before he had a stroke and then passed away. And he will be gravely missed. Let's take some calls, shall we? David, Superior, Wisconsin, the great WDSM. You'll probably have to change the name of your town from Superior to Inferior, Wisconsin. How are you, sir? Oh, very well. Uh, thank you, great one. You truly are the great one, and I am the appreciative one for being able to get on the air with you today. Thank you. Um, I, I, I want, oh, thank you, and God bless you. I, I look forward to seeing uh, Thomas Sowell again on your broadcast this week. Thank I, I kind of want to digress. I want to stay on topic, but I want to digress for one, one second, if you would indulge me, because... I are you going you to talk to- about voting today? Falsy's wife. Wants, Who? Uh, actually, I want to talk about... Uh, Tony Fauci. Tony Fauci. Fauci's wife? Yeah. Fauci's wife supposedly is the chief of bioethics and human subjects research at the National Institute of Health. So she's like a rubber stamp away for making exceptions. Do we know this for sure? I'm not doubting you. I just don't know. No, no, no. That's why I'm I'm sharing it with you, and that's why I kind of got out of uh, what we had planned to talk about. What we have to do, Mark, is is exactly what you're doing on the radio, but we have to do it in public. It's time we help the left leave the Democratic Party, because I actually believe there are a lot of people who vote on the left that don't agree with what's going on. I actually believe there. You mean there are there are old time liberals who love this country who think that these radicals are nuts? Precisely because, and they're voting at a it's a habitual. Voters, they're voting for the donkey because that's all they know what to do. And so the way we need to do that is to is a little bit of change of habit. We have to first make a change, I believe, in order to push back. We got to stop saying, "Hey, isn't it hot out today?" Or how about them? How about them Rangers? Or how about those uh, Eagles? We got to say, "Did you hear the story about Ilhan?" You know, now we're going to offend a lot of people. There's absolutely no question because the two things that people hate to talk about are God and politics, okay? They happen to be my favorite two subjects, so it's, an e- it's easy breezy for me. If we can talk in public about people, here, and here's what the really outstanding part of this is. I believe this because uh, I've vetted some of my conversations, and we're fortunate to have a good AM radio guy, Brad Bennett. Uh, who's a conservative? All right, all right, all right. All right. Um, We're running out of time. What are you trying to tell us? Just, let me just, let me say this: If we would change our habits and talk about topical news where the left are moving further toward Marxism, um, we don't have anybody to vote for but Trump. I mean, I love him. I love to death. My wife says hi. She brought me into the camp of Trump. I was a Cruz guy, and so I love Trump. You know, and fortunately, we got Tom Timothy who took Sean Duffy's place. So we got a conservative. And the Senate again. Um, in the House. This is a very blue area. So anybody who's in a blue area or even a pink area or a purple area needs to, needs to talk about the topics that are going to make changes to the dynamic of who gets put in local. All right, my friend. Uh, very, I, I don't disagree with you. And you make a very important point, which are they're Democrats and they're Democrats. 
They're old school Democrats. That's what I call them. I, I did in the first hour. Old school Democrats who do love the country, but are sort of quasi-liberal on some things. And then there's the radicals who want to burn down the country. That's a, quite a different thing. So I think he makes a very important point uh, that that is a gap in the Democrat Party that needs to be exposed. And I actually think over time it will be, but we're running out of time. Let us continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Thomas, Babylon, New York, the great WABC. Go. Dr. Levin, thank you for taking my call. It's an honor to speak directly with you, longtime listener. Thank my you, sir. The simple question is, in your opinion, what realistically needs to happen as clearly it should for Governor Cuomo to actually remove Mayor de Blasio with the mayhem that New York is back to. I, I don't know that. I don't know the laws and the rules and the Constitution in New York. I doubt he can remove de Blasio, but he can bring in the National Guard. He can, in effect, take over the local police department. There's a lot he can do, Cuomo, if he wants to do it, but he won't do it. So that was inaccurate. He said himself months ago that if need be, he can remove him. No, I said I don't know. I That's doubt it. I, I honestly don't know if he can. Look, Cuomo's all talk. He's, talk, he's got charts. Uh, the media love him. They protect him, even though he's shoving uh, coronavirus-positive patients in the nursing homes. Can't think of anything more inhumane. But there he is, talking with marbles in his mouth. Uh, and uh, I removed the Blasio. Tell me, is he back the cops? Has he, has he taken one step to protecting the city of New York? No, That's the problem with one-party rule. They're going to say, who, who the hell else are they going to vote for? A Republican? They're going to vote for a Republican, for God's sakes. So sadly, we have to wait for New York to get worse before somebody to do something. No, what you need... Well, it may, but this is why I said earlier, I think the former mayors, uh, I think Rudy and Bloomberg and some of the others, I think uh, former police commissioners should become very activist-oriented, get behind a candidate for this next round, run on law and order, run on safety and security in our communities and homes, run on two, three, four basic issues, and either the people in New York are going to vote yes or they're going to vote no. But I think... question, if I can indulge, what would it take then to revoke this foolish criminal reform that's been put in place? You see, they control the government, so... I'd love to be a magician. I'd love to be Houdini, but you can't revoke what they put in place unless you win office. There's no way around it. Just remember this. It's unfortunate, but uh, the founders said it. Many people have said it over time. If the people lack virtue, they're not going to get a virtuous government, are they? No, sir. And no kind of government can protect the people from themselves if they really want to commit suicide. None. All right. God bless you. I don't mean to depress everybody, but this is true. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, Mr. Producer, Al Franken's back. I guess if they're going to nominate Joe Hans Biden, touchy-feely Joe, uh, then Al Franken can be uh, resurrected. Whatever happened to Tara Reid? Remember Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of rape, in effect? Of molesting her? Oh, that's old news. That's under, Forget about it. You can't even talk about it. Trump, 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 Trump. So here's Al Franken on MSLSD today. He's been resurrected. You know, Me Too movement really is the Me Too liberal movement. Cut nine, go. If Trump wins, it's a disastrous for democracy. It's disastrous for our country. Uh, two, they're going to do everything they can to cheat. Uh, I just my wait a minute. Isn't that how you got into office by beating uh, Norm Coleman? Isn't that true? Hands, go ahead. On uh, trying to get mail, you know, vote by mail. There's no reason not to vote by mail. We no, have- no reason. Once again, Mr. Producer, open your mic. How many ballots did you receive? You got one in your old address and one in your new address, right? And you voted once because you're not a liberal Democrat. But theoretically, you could have voted twice. And wow. I did not. And you did not. But can you imagine the city of New York and the state of New York? They'll never screw things up. It'll never be a problem, of course. Go ahead. Vote 100% by mail. There's no fraud in those states. You're a liar and a buffoon. And by the way, keep your hands in your pocket. Go ahead. And I had Mark Elias, the lead Democratic lawyer, on to talk about... Mark Elias, he was the go-between, just so you know, on the dossier. Just so you know, that's Mark Elias. He's a hack for the Democrat Party, a hack lawyer. Right, Marky? Go ahead. Kids want to be able to vote by mail because they're afraid of going to the polls for the coronavirus. No, they're not. Just offer a free beer. Right, Mr. Producer? Free beer! Go vote. Now, that would be illegal, of course, but, you know, talking Democrats. Go ahead. Do everything they can to suppress votes. See, see, this is what the Democrat Party does. They destroy everybody's faith in the system. So now when Donald Trump is concerned that they're going to steal votes, they say that Trump's trying to suppress votes. Now what we're trying to do is to make sure only the people who can lawfully vote, vote. You don't want picture IDs. You don't want any source of identification. You don't want people to show up to vote. This is the Democrat Party. Get off your fat asses if you want to vote, liberals, and show up and vote. Just pretend it's a protest or, 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 or you're going to be looting. 
or something like that. You'll get all excited. You'll go vote. Try and show up in person. Meanwhile, we have the backstabbing Republicans. They can't control themselves, even though everything's on the line in this election. Everything. There's John Kasich working at CNN, the constipated news network. What a fool this man is. Cut 10, go. He's flailing, uh, Aaron. He, he's in a meltdown, and he looks at his polls, and he doesn't know who to blame. He blames his advisors. Even, he's even blaming Fox News now. And he's flailing, and he, and he doesn't know how to, how to stop things. So I think he's just throwing everything out over the period of the last three days, hoping he's going to strike a chord. And what he doesn't realize is that base he has, uh, the edges of that base are beginning to fray. That base is getting smaller and smaller. And at the same time, of course, because he's a Republican, uh, he's causing a brand problem for Republicans. And mark my words, there's going to be a point in time where these, uh, these folks are going to leave. You know, Wow, they- you mean rhinos are going to leave the president? That'll never happen. No way can that ever happen. Rhinos will leave the president? You mean like Romney? Wow, he was a success. Kasich? What do you get, three votes in the primaries? The only Republicans, excuse me, Republicans they like over there at CNN are the anti-Trump Republicans. And most of them hate your guts. It's that simple. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. All right, folks, hang in there. We shall overcome. We are now the resistance. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.